Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo and Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Mary, how are you? I'm good, Father John. We're home. We are home, and we've been home for a whopping couple of days. (laughs) (laughs) But we're home, and it feels good. Yeah, it's nice. Praise the Lord. It's incredible that this is November this is November 7th. My goodness gracious. This is gracious. November 7th. The holidays are soon going to be upon us. Hard to believe. Yeah, they, they are indeed. We, and because it's November, we have uh, both this week and next a couple of particularly appropriate topics to mm-hmm. reflect on since this is a month which is dedicated not only to, uh, to praying for our beloved dead, but also to contemplating our own death, right? So what's our topic today? Yeah, so our topic for today, Father John, is grieving with great hope. So please, God, this will be timely for, I'm thinking of a couple of people in particular who just lost their mom, uh, that it would be a source of refreshment for, for them and for all of us who are listening who are uh, missing greatly, and we're supposed to, uh, those that we love who've, who've either gone home or they're on their way home. So why don't we ask the Lord to just enter us into his courts right now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious Father, we do thank you for the extraordinary reality that your son has conquered death. That we as disciples of Jesus can say like Paul to death, where is your victory and where is your sting? For you have been defeated by Jesus and by his glorious resurrection from the dead. And so he has turned it into a mere doorway that leads to home. Father, we just pray for those of us who are listening right now, for Mary and myself, uh, in the grief that we experience, that you would minister to us as only you can, that your Holy Spirit would fill us with hope and with truth and with light, scatter anything that's inappropriately uh, in us with regards to our grief. Truly teach us how to grieve with hope and comfort those who are in those throes of the loss of a loved one in just a very recent time frame. Be oh so near to them. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. You know, I got to say, even as we're praying, I'm thinking of our brother Bill who lost his son, and I'm just uh, praying. I don't know if you're listening to this, brother, but I pray that... um, if you are, that the Lord will speak into your heart as well, in addition to all of our friends and family members who've lost loved ones. So uh, come Holy Spirit. Huh? Amen, amen. Can I make a quick uh, request? Yes. Tomorrow's election day. Yes. And, uh, you know, we've been asking people who are not in the state of Michigan to be praying and fasting for us for the defeat of what's called Proposal 3, which which would be uh, a constitutional amendment, uh, which is just incredibly demonic. Uh, it's entitled Reproductive Freedom for All. You did your uh, ballot already, I know, because we're hosting some priests in uh, in town these days, and so we're not able to get to the polls. I, I already did my ballot as well, and it's just so extraordinary that this extreme proposal, it's not even on the ballot in its entirety, right? It's only like 30% of the actual proposal is there for you to see. But the reason I'm mentioning this real quick is just to continue to ask people to pray because... Two months ago, this looked like this thing was going to be a runaway grand slam. It was going to get passed. And right now, there's a real chance that it's not. 
So, uh, so blessed be God. And for those of you who have been praying, thank you. Um, and also, you know, it's just on my heart to Father John, uh, given a gospel, the gospel reading from, I think, last Thursday. Um, I just feel convicted that we should all, too, pray for um, our governor, um, not only for so the way that we've been praying is that, is that she would be defeated, right? So we can have a pro-life governor in this state. But more importantly, too, we want to pray for her conversion so that all of heaven yeah, amen. will rejoice. And amen. so lots to pray for here. Thanks for joining us and, and all of that. And um, things are moving in the right direction. So and this morning, actually, in prayer, Father John, I, I asked our Blessed Mother for... Um, um, even a Marian apparition, if it should happen. There you go. Why not? <laughs> Happening in Mexico. Here we go. Praying for mighty things. So thanks, anyway, everybody, for yep. all that. So Amen. why this topic? Well, November, as you said earlier, and in, in just at the beginning of our conversation, is classically a time when we pray uh, for those who have gone before us, our family, our friends, our relatives, our benefactors. Those who've heard us. And, and <laughs> right? yes, and those who have heard us, um, who were oftentimes not inclined to pray for, yeah. right? Yep. And then to also to prepare for our own passing from this life, right? Our own death. And so what we're going to do is we're going to tackle the second part of that uh, later this month. But today we just really want to break it to open that first part. Yeah. Um, why it is we, why, why do we dedicate an entire month to praying for our beloved dead? And what does that look like? Yeah, so we, you know, let's, we want to try to rip open how to grieve with hope, which is a really difficult thing to do. And this is very personal for you right now. I know you just lost your Aunt Mary for whom you're named, right? Yeah, so, so. We, we celebrated her funeral uh, last Thursday. And uh, I'm grieving with, uh, with um, my four cousins, uh, Ken and Doug and Christopher and Mike and... And, uh, but, but we do so because we have faith and because right. my cousins have faith that um, Aunt Mary is either home or on her right. way home. So we'll, we'll, we'll rip all this open. So let's do this. I want to pose two scriptures for us to, to linger with. And so here's, here's something. We were, you know, we, we were just in, um, in Arizona for the Good News Conference last week and just a time of great grace. It was so great to meet some new people and to see some old friends. And we, we gave a, uh, in a uh, I don't want to call it a talk. We gave a word on Monday that the Lord had put on our heart uh, entitled uh, The Beauty of Hope. And I, I offered to everybody at the beginning of that, the passage from 2 Timothy 1 verses 8 to 11, where Paul says, nope, wrong passage. It's 1 Timothy 3.16, I think, where Paul says, all scripture is inspired and useful for teaching, correction, and reproof. And just made the point that when Paul uses that word correction, he's saying that uh, it's actually almost like a medical term that uh, you break your arm and you set it so that it will grow back healthily, right? And so Paul's talking about how scripture is useful for lots of things, obviously. But one of the things is it's able to take something which is bent and, and make it healthy again. And I mean, who of us doesn't have some sort of bent understanding about death? Bent and minds grief, and bent hearts. Right? right. And so the reason for offering scriptures is so that we can linger with these in the course of our prayer this week and just ask the Holy Spirit, continue to make well something in me which is lame. Anything in me, in, in, in a particular way, with regards to uh, how I think about death and especially this week, uh, the death of my loved ones. So the two scriptures would be these, 1 Thessalonians 4.13, where Paul says, we do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters 
about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. That's the first one. We're going to break that open in a moment. The second passage is John 6, verses 37 to 40, which we heard on All Souls Day, where uh, Jesus, Jesus says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. So those are the passages. We just want to encourage us uh, to go to the Holy Spirit and to ask him to just teach us whatever he wants to reveal to us in these days ahead. But let's, let's look at first Thessalonians four and let's try to break this open a little bit if we can. So, Paul, Paul doesn't say, don't grieve, right? This would just be... There would not be, that would not acknowledge that we're human. Yeah, right? it would this be ridiculous, right? So that's not the Christian response to death. Well, hey, hey, they're in a much better place. Don't grieve. That's some of the stupidest things you can say to Co- somebody else. Yeah, cliches just don't quite cut the mustard, right? When, you, when you've suffered a, th- this experience that God never intended, which is death, Yeah, right? And, we and feel I, that. I know when you lost your dad and then I lost my parents and my brother, I mean, it, it immediately reminded me as people were trying to say things to make me feel better that I've done the same thing and I've said really silly things to people, which are true. Like they might be in a better place. That's true. That's great for them. It's but, not for me. But right now right? I'm in a season of sorrow. Yeah, exactly. And sadness and so, loss. Yeah, so death is not supposed to be here. You know, um, the Old Testament reminds us that death entered the world through the envy of the devil um, and through sin. If there's one thing I know as a priest, I used to think I knew a lot of things. I don't think I know much anymore. But there's one thing I know is God hates death. He hates death. It's not the plan. It's not supposed to be here. It was never part of the plan, right? He made us for immortality, uh, the Book of Wisdom tells us again. And, you know, I don't know about you. I had an experience years ago now, more than 20 years ago, praying with a woman when she had lost her father. And I've never forgotten this. As I was praying with her, I felt like the Lord gave me, do with us what you will, but I felt like the Lord gave me an image of Jesus at Joseph's tomb, Mm. which scripture doesn't talk about, but we know Joseph died before Jesus goes to the cross. Otherwise, Jesus never would have given Mary to John. That would have made no sense, right? And so I, I just saw Jesus on his knees at Joseph's tomb weeping. I mean, if he wept at Lazarus's tomb, he certainly wept at Joseph's, right? And and as I was looking at this, you know, I felt like I felt like Jesus was saying to me, he was he was preparing me for for grief. He just said, "So why, John? Why am I weeping? Why do you think I'm weeping? It's, it's not because I'm wondering where where Joseph is. It's not because I'm afraid I'm ever going to see him again. It's just because I missed him. Like Jesus is." Jesus doesn't just reveal to us who God is. Jesus reveals to us who we are, how to live a genuinely human life. And one of the parts of being genuinely human is you cry when people die. You cry when people die. And and, and when we love another person, 
we set ourselves up to have our heart broken at some point. We love our parents. We love our friends. We love our siblings. And, and so to love someone and then to lose someone is to have our hearts broken. Yeah. And that permeates our whole body. Yeah. Our minds are, our, our bodies are everything. It, it's, it's just simply you love and your heart's going to get broken when, when we have to say goodbye to those that we yeah. are not going to see again this side of the veil. Yeah. Right? So, so a first takeaway, if, if you will, on how to grieve as a disciple of Jesus is simply to allow ourselves to grieve, right? And I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you because I've been with you when your dad died. This is a lot easier said than done. Yeah, and I would, I, I, I think maybe part of that is uh, we live in a culture that doesn't understand death. Um, we, we could say we don't do death well. We do not do um, death well. You, you might take, you know, you might be asking your employer, hey, you know, I just, I just lost my mom or I just lost my dad. Um, take the next couple of days off. Yeah, that's the response. Oh, yeah, take wow, a couple days so off. Much. Oh my gosh. And, and you know, I was thinking uh, as we just opened up our conversation, Father John, so we're going to be gathering around our Thanksgiving tables here in just a couple of weeks. Hmm. I don't care whether you've lost someone just earlier this year or if you lost someone seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you still miss them. You're still grieving. Yeah. You still ache. It's always, it's always there. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I, I remember being with a friend of mine whose husband passed away and she said to me, we went and grabbed some coffee and at one point she, she said two things to me that uh, I'll never forget. She said, first, I don't want to be with anybody who doesn't know this pain right now because if you don't know this pain, uh, you got nothing to say to me mm. and we don't have to say anything. I just don't, I, I only want to be with people who get this kind of grief. And then second, she said, uh, what did she say? I got to think about what she said to me. The second thing, it's just flown out of my mm. mind. So she only said one thing to me, I guess. But, but, you, but, but you know what that does? I mean, there's an, uh, to that first point, we connect with people who have had similar experiences, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, uh, we we all have suffered trauma in our lives, and depending upon what that trauma is, death, divorce, sickness, whatever it is, we gravitate to people who get us, right. and we want to be with people who get that. Right. And even though it varies from person to person because we're all unique, we find comfort in that kind of community. And um, again, you don't necessarily have to say anything. I just want to be in your company because I know you that it. you get yep. it. Right. So right. that reminds me of what uh, the second thing she told me was, uh, she said somebody had come up to her maybe two months after her husband died and just said, you need to pull out of this. Oh, my word. <laughs> and she said, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> she said, it's, been, it's been a couple of months. Like you need to pull yourself out of this. And I th so I think part of the challenge of living in a culture that doesn't do death well, we don't even see people die anymore, right? I mean, we, we put them away, they die, and, and, and it's a grace to be with a loved one as they're dying. But tragically, we don't, we don't have those experiences oftentimes anymore. And so, you know, this, this person was you know, uh, this friend who was trying to offer my friend comfort was, you need to pull yourself out of this. And I think we part of not doing this well is we don't have any sense of how long this is going to take. I mean, in, you know, I'm part of me anyways from Italy. People were black for a year in some cultures, like in Italy when someone dies. There's something really healthy in that. That's not morbid. It's just a way of saying, hey, I've lost somebody very dear to me. 
and this is going to take some, some time, time. Right? Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. even with ourselves, I mean, I, I, I don't think we're, we're not gentle enough with ourselves. I think when people that we love uh, are, are taken by the Lord, you know, like we say things like, I should be stronger. Well, no, you don't. Well, why? You why should you be stronger? Like nothing, th- th- this isn't at all to be dour, but nothing is ever the same once you lose, lose somebody who was close to you, whether it's a family member or a friend or a spouse or certainly a child, all right? All of life looks very, very different. Yeah. So th- Paul does not say don't grieve. What Paul does say is don't grieve like those who don't have hope. Ah, so, so there's grief without hope. And grief without hope is those who do not believe in God. Death is simply the end, right? I mean, like, you're never going to see them again. So this is... has to be crushing. Oh, for, absolutely crushing, right? Especially for young people. Oh if my, they lose a loved one. Well, because oftentimes, you know, the, the, the response is, oh my gosh, they had their whole life ahead of them. Or, you know, what a waste. They will never experience... You know, blank. The blank. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and, and I, 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 so I can't fathom the grief of a parent bearing a child. I've buried lots of parents' children, but I've obviously never buried my own child. And so for me anyway, I have to immediately think about where are they? Where are those children? Because if they're either home or they're on their way home, then I'm not grieving for them, right? Like nobody in heaven's going, oh, I wish I could be back there. Nobody in heaven is doing that. That's not to say at all that we on this side aren't wailing yes, are. <laughs> with anguish and with sorrow, but, but it helps me to grieve with hope to remember where they are, right? Remember the, what's that passage in, uh, we had it on all saints or excuse me, all souls again from wisdom, Wis- wisdom three, um, uh, that they seemed in the view of the foolish to be dead and they're going forth from us utter destruction. But here's the line that hit me on that day. But they are at peace. And I, I, was, uh, I was acknowledging before the Lord, like I know more and more and more people, hmm. family and friends. I know, it seems like I know more and more people on the other side of the veil, either in purgatory or there, they've inherited their eternal reward. And I just like that was just a, a word of comfort to me that Dennis is at peace. Hmm. Mary is at peace. Hmm. Brian is at peace. Mm. My daddy is at peace. Yeah. And it was a litany of people that the Lord just brought to my knee, uh, to my mind. And I just, it was like a litany back. And thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lord. Yeah, because it comforted my heart. Yep. So it's second takeaway on how to grieve as a disciple is to grieve with hope. So let's, let's go a little bit deeper with that. What does that look like? I, you and I, I know have a particular affinity for uh, a sermon which was uh, given by a a Pentecostal pastor named E.V. Hill. He's passed away now. He was a preacher out in California. And he gave a sermon on his wife's, it was his wife's funeral, actually. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Well, to some degree, you do know that because you have have preached your mother and your father's. Yeah, I've preached family members and and whatnot. But yeah, so this this is just an extraordinary sermon. You can find it online. But anyway, Hill at the very beginning of this sermon of his wife's funeral, he says, you know, people were coming up to me and saying, how are you doing? And I'll never forget. He says, I'm experiencing two things, tears and strength. He says, I'm crying, 
but I'm getting stronger. So he's, he's the embodiment for me of what Paul's talking about of grieving with hope, right? He's, he's crying. I mean, he's intensely crying. His wife was his, his other half, but he's getting stronger and he's getting stronger because of passages like second Timothy one, where Paul says, Jesus has abolished death. Now just linger with that for a moment. Jesus has abolished death. The elections tomorrow, proposal three would abolish 41 laws in the state of Michigan. God abolished the law of death. Like it's, sorry, this has been declared null. You have no more power. You're still no going to happen. But No power. It's void. It's void of its power and its control and its dominion over us. Death is that door. Yep. Right, Father John? It's, I don't want to say it's just a door. It's a significant door. But it's just a door. But it's a door that has been opened. Yeah. And on the other side is Jesus. Right. And all of our friends and all of our family that we're going to see again, it is a passageway. Right. So those right we love, they, they, they haven't ceased to exist. They're like they somewhere. They are somewhere. You know, I, when my brother died, so it's different when you, like, as painful as it was to bury my mom and my dad, like, I anticipated that. I never, for whatever reason, I never anticipated burying a sibling. And I mean, I, I grew up with my brother. We, we played together like every day until we went to college. And even after we went to college. And so when he died, you know, I'm thinking like, dude, you, like we grew up together. What are you doing right now? What are you seeing? Like, what are, what are you doing right now? Like heaven is not a harp and a cloud, right? I'm, I'm thinking of a, a woman that I, I was fortunate enough to walk with as she was uh, dying from cancer. And uh, the, the, the night she died, her brother had called me. And uh, I, I, this woman was so well prepared for death. And uh, I just got out of bed, got on my knees, started praying for her. And then I just said, I do this all the time when, when people that I know pass. I just said, her name was Pat. I said, Pat, where are you? And she had this very raspy voice. And I'll never forget this. Again, do with this what you will. But I just... I felt like I could hear Pat say to me, oh, Father John, you should see this. This is amazing. And we know that's true, right? I mean, Paul says, eye has not seen, ear, ear has, has not, not heard. heard. It hasn't right. even dawned on you what God has prepared for those who love him, right? Heaven is more, not less. Not less. Right? That's why we can grieve right. with hope. But there's a, there's something that's, pretty important to keep in mind here. So we want to make sure that for those who have died, we don't instantly canonize them. So uh, I'm going to just make this this announcement right now. So you can hear it and all y'all can hear all of our friends who are listening that at my, at the time of my funeral, don't make any assumptions. That's right. Start praying then. If you were with me at my bedside, that's right. Great. Start praying for me there. But at the funeral liturgy, let that be the first day of, in a succession of many days yeah. will you, where you will pray for me every day. Do not assume That's right. that I've entered into eternal glory because I am relying upon you to help get me home with That's your right. prayers. That's right. right. So we, we just don't know for sure where those are whom we love when they die. I mean, please God, they're either home or they're on their way. If they're home, they don't need our prayers, right? And if they're not home, well then 
they, they do need our prayers. If they're Absolutely. home, they're praying for us because the great commandment is to love God and to love neighbor, and you do that in heaven too. But we can help those. Uh, there, there's a great, uh, I, I've been rereading Pope Benedict's letter on hope, which is such, if you're looking for something great to read in this month of November, I might really highly recommend this. But in this, uh, in this letter, he says, the souls of the parted, of the departed can, however, receive solace and refreshment through the Eucharist prayer and almsgiving. The belief that love can reach into the afterlife, love. Wow. that reciprocal giving and receiving is possible, in which our affection for one another continues beyond the limits of death. This has been a fundamental conviction of Christianity through the ages, and it remains a source of comfort Today, who would not feel the need to convey to their departed loved ones a sign of kindness, a gesture of gratitude, or even a request for pardon? I just love that. So we can, we, so can, we can help those, right? So hopeful. So there's nothing more loving we can do for those who die than to pray for them. And I, I always say to people, like, do this until they haunt you. I mean that kind of somewhat facetiously, but do it until they abundantly make it clear, like, hey, I don't need your prayers anymore. Don't just presume they're home. So I know you got some practical well, things we can do for this. How, how can we do this? I was just reflecting on my, uh, on my own life and, and how I've pressed into uh, praying for those that we've lost. And, and obviously, you know, we, we can have masses said for them. You know, we can remember our loved ones on our rosaries. And and, and, and this may sound silly to some of you, but um, our home, I'm sure like your home, your rectory, Father John, it's filled with pictures of family that are no longer with us. Mm. So as you're walking past those pictures or as you're dusting those pictures um, every other week when you're cleaning, um, lay your hand yeah. on that picture. And, and, and pray the requiem prayer, yeah. you know, over them. You know, eternal rest grant unto, you know, my grandmother, oh Lord. And maybe a perpetual light shine upon her. Those are just very practical things that we can do. But can I go back to something that you, you said, Father John, just a few minutes ago? You said, don't just presume they're home. So how will they, how do our loved ones who have left us and they're now, they've now entered into eternal glory, how can they let us know that they're home? Because here's one of the things that, that, that we do as parents, you know, when our kids are on the road, we say, you know, text me when you get home or text me when your plane lands or friends are leaving your house from a dinner party. Just let me know that y'all got home okay. They're not going to text us, but how might they communicate to us that they're home? Does that make, is that a- yeah, that's a great question. And, and so <laughs> the easiest way I know how to answer that is, well, they do, <laughs> and, and, and they do it in a very personal way. They, they do it in a way that it's clear, that or, or, or God is making it known, that, that it could only be from them. You know, I, I, I'm thinking of a woman who's, uh, whose son passed away, and, you know, she saw a rainbow and, and, a, and a name above it. In a, in a totally obscure place where she had never seen anything like this. And that was uh, the, 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 both that image of the rainbow and the name were so uh, personal for her related to her son. Um, this, the, they, they know, I mean, loved ones do this, right? I mean, they, they have a way of letting us know in a very personal, intimate way, hey, it's okay. Sometimes it's through dreams. Sometimes it's driving down the street and you see a bumper sticker in front of you that's just like 
how did that get there? It's the side of a truck. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's actually kind of comical, mm-hmm. you know, but the veil between us and them is so, so thin. So, And, and I, w- I would say too, you know, not only is the veil thin, but as I'm thinking about the goodness of God and the love that he has to communicate with us, the love that we have for our loved ones and the love that they have for us, I can imagine Father John only intensifies. Oh, totally. And it's their desire to let us know, you and I could have another whole podcast on stories uh, that we've experienced in our own lives yeah. of how our friends and family have, have revealed themselves to us in such remarkable ways you go oh god my gosh that can only be god yeah right that's exactly right yeah. so a third takeaway on how to grieve as a disciple is to grieve with heartfelt prayers for our beloved so let's try to bring this to a close because it's going to be it's going to be the next election cycle by the time we get to the next before one before we wrap up the podcast I, you know this is long i know but man i pray this is fruitful and helpful i'm thinking especially of those we don't talk about death like we need to be able to talk about this as disciples. And so I pray that this will minister to people, especially right now who are in the throes Amen, Father. of grieving. So let's look at the master's words and give him the last word. huh? So Jesus says, I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me but raise it up on the last day. I mean, what a hope-filled word. I mean, God desires all people be saved. That's his desire. And Jesus says it even more strongly than Paul does in that passage in Timothy. The The Lord wants to lose nothing. So you combine this text with the one above, um, from, um, from First Thessalonians and, 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 and Pope Benedict's words. And, and this is why we can have great hope for those who've died, huh? Amen, Father. So God loves us. He, he rejoices over us. He became a man to come find us. His will is for us to get home. More than our will is to get home, his will is for us to get home. Of course, we've got to cooperate. But the God in whom we place our trust is not some you know, distant judge. He's a father, and he's a father who loves us. And Jesus is the eternal son who became a man to rescue us us and especially to rescue us from the grip of death. This is the gospel and this is great news. Huh? Blessed be God. So, so then, so then Father John, maybe that fourth takeaway on how to grieve as a disciple is to do so with the utmost confidence, unshakable confidence mm. in the Father's love, the Son's love, the Holy Spirit's love. Amen. Right. Amen. Uh, for us. All right. So maybe I'll just offer two, okay. like, 10 second things that we can do, uh, can, considering all that we've talked about, maybe to, to consider doing for, throughout the month. Huh? One, ask the Lord, Lord, who are you inviting me to pray for who's passed away? And, 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 you, and we might be surprised, right? And who he places on our hearts. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially in this month where we, we think about and pray for the dead. It, it might be somebody who hurt you. It might be someone, I just heard somebody about, you know, it was one of those horrible shootings not too long ago. And someone said, all I know is because the person got condemned to life imprisonment. I never have to hear his name again. And I never have to see his face. It's like, whoa, like I can't have that attitude as a disciple. So is there somebody who's died, who's hurt me, who you are asking me to forgive Lord, but maybe anybody else too. So just, that's the first thing. And then second, you know, 
You were mentioning the other day as we were coming home from Arizona, the idea about at the end yeah. of uh, grace. So just, just maybe even getting into a habit of prayer. I mean, so we, we pray a, a habit of prayer for our beloved dead. So what's a, uh, a simple way to integrate that into our daily lives? Well, some of us have two or three meals a day. And, and, and so or part more. of our meal blessing, if we don't already, just at the very tail end, and I have a girlfriend who taught me this years ago, and I've never forgotten it. At the end of the meal blessing, just pray for the beloved dead. Just may the souls of the faithfully departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Let that be the ending of your meal blessing, because that's what's being asked of us, Amen. to pray for our beloved dead. So a Amen. few takeaways. Father John, thank you for a graced conversation yeah, this thank, month. This, this is a great this way to enter into the season of, uh, of November. Thanks, Mir, for sharing your thoughts. And yeah. I know we've walked with each other through the loss of loved ones. And those of you who are, uh, are right there right now, who are weeping over the loss of a loved one, uh, let the simple reality that Jesus has destroyed death bring comfort even as you're crying. And because all of this is true, because God has really abolished death, do not be afraid. That God is with you, and you were born for this. 